Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's trees, there's boids. Well, let's get Pashnik and we'll bless them all. I don't understand that reference. But, um, Men in Tights? Oh, alright. I figured it was Mel Brooks. Something or other. This is episode something or other. Like 18, I think. We don't know or care. <laughs> I, I do believe it's number 18. Okay. I think it's 18. Um, I think we're probably going to find out that we're wrong, because we're always wrong <laughs> about what number this is. But it's July the 19th, we could say that. <laughs> it, it is July the 19th. And at least we're par for the course. Uh, so, welcome everyone. Um, as you know from listening to this podcast hundreds of times, but on the off chance that you may have missed it once or twice, this is the podcast where we take three random news items of the week and random staff members discuss it. Uh, so, with that in mind, Mark, go. What? We don't want to do intros. <laughs> oh, right. We should intro people. Come on. You're so unprofessional. Hi, everyone. I'm Mike. I'm the editor. Well, I don't know. I was listening to the podcast when you run it, and you never do intros. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hey, Share shot. Share shot. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Mike Fatum. I am the editor-in-chief of the Ace of Geeks. Hello. I'm My Mark name's Luke. David. I'm coming at you with a uh, Galhorn. Oh. God damn it, you people. You <laughs> speak at the same time. <laughs> Try Mark, that again. Continue. I'm Mark Fu. I'm uh, not the editor-in-chief. I'm apparently the worst podcast host ever. <laughs> that's basically no, it. that's not true. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure there's somebody the worse. Podcast is terrible. Yeah. Well, doesn't Ric Flair have a podcast? <laughs> Nature Boy. Wouldn't that be the best one ever? Would it? I don't know. It depends on whether it's an actual podcast or just Ric Flair talking about how many women he slept with for an hour. It's highly likely it's either, <laughs> given that it's Ric Flair. I, don't know. I think uh, Mr. Well, who who's the who was the CEO, Mr. Whatever the hell his name is, Mr. McMahon? I think he might have the worst podcast air uh, podcast ever. That's true because he doesn't have one, mm, so it's exactly. very hard to compete with. <laughs> the really well, bad anyways, podcast. Uh, I'm Dave. <laughs> I'm Dave, staff writer. Um, I don't. Mike still hasn't paid me my per diem for like three years now. And, <laughs> Which is um, funny because you've only worked for me for less than a year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I still hold Mar Mark Fu's streak belt, so <sighs> he can suck it. The belt? That's awkward. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is Geekly Roundup, uh, and one of the traditions of Geekly Roundup is that Mark go. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two topics that are sort of one topic, and one of them wasn't even on the list. I just fucking threw it in there because that's how I roleplay as um, <laughs> so basically what I'm I want to talk about is the fact that Grant Morrison is doing two things that are kind of, one is weird and the other one's awesome and it's up to you to decide which is which. One, 
He is now <laughs> right. going to be the uh, editor or editor-in-chief for Heavy Metal Magazine, the uh, fantasy magazine for adults, they bill it as. Um, I don't know if anybody's uh, read yeah. Heavy Metal. It's 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 kind of awesome. This had a lot. It has a lot of street cred. Um, they had a lot of really awesome. Heavy Metal's the the comic book that everyone goes to when they want to see naked chicks and lots of blood, basically. It is, and but right? it's also better than yeah. that. Okay. It's it's it's. I mean, the art's uh, always really good. Yeah, it's the it's the fantasy comic for. Um, I think it's basically a comic that that magazine that is a more like a European comics. So yeah, there's more nudity and stuff in it, but um, the art's better, and it's also way weirder. So Grant Morrison <laughs> fits perfectly yes. there. So, yes. Honestly, I yes, feel yes. like it's. I feel like uh, that South Park episode about cheesing took a lot of influence from heavy metal. I wouldn't know. I didn't I'm sorry to say. It. I actually haven't watched South Park since 1990-something. Well, those have seen the ep- who have seen the episode, it's the one about ha- uh, huffing cat pee, uh, sniffing cat pee. That, that's, <laughs> that is, um, people will get the reference if they've seen it. There, right now, there's a bunch of people who are listening who are laughing their asses off. <laughs> and there's a bunch totally more people listening it. who are turning the podcast off. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's one thing. Yeah, back doing. in the day, I... I Go for it, and and what's the other? The second thing is that he's he's writing a comic is about that is about the uh, shamanistic supposedly origins of Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> basically, Santa Claus when he was a young, strapping, sexy man. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. You realize that this is only going to lead to Santa fan fiction. Because <laughs> it's not out there You mean there the idea already. that Santa was like Balder and Odin rolled into one? <laughs> Basically, if you go click click on the link and see the uh, the cover art for it, and he's this like com- this bearded, long haired, dark haired, you know, Nordic god man with a wolf with, with blood dripping off of it, uh, and the snow falling gently, you know, all on him. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so it's a it's a six issue miniseries that he's putting together uh, to come out in November. Um, Just in time for Christmas. Uh, yeah, it's a big, sexy superhero Santa Claus. Uh, he he actually called it his. Um, oh my his... god! I'm looking at the picture right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Santa Claus covered in blood, being followed by a wolf with blood all over his face, carrying the carcass of a deer. While holding a sword and a bow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to come out and say it. Um, Jim Butcher kind of covered this already. If you've read um, if you've read up to Cold Days, Jim Butcher's covered In the covered book series, idea. the Dresden Files is what we're referring to here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's called Claws, I see. Yeah, straight up But claws. with a K. Well, yeah. <laughs> you got to be um, like true to the origins? I, I don't know. He's basically called it his um, all-star Superman rendition of Santa Claus. Which is weird, because all-star okay. Superman was amazing and very true to the uh, Superman, you know, character and ethos. And all that. And, myth- and, yeah, and mythos. And this, on the other hand, seems insane. <laughs> can, I, can I admit something kind of shameful? Sure. I've never actually read All Star Star Superman. 
It's okay. You, nobody, nobody's forcing you to, but it is. It's really good. I know. I want. I want to. I've heard it's really good. I just Frank Quietly's art is so awful. He does. He does draw people in a way that makes them sort of encephalitic. Yeah, kind I don't of. Know what that word means, but it's probably accurate. Suffering from but, encephalitis. <laughs> that's exactly what it means. <laughs> uh, but I, it, it's not so bad. A in that comic, it's not so bad. And B, um, that's the story is just so good. In that, yeah, it's 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 very entertaining. I just remember the famous picture of uh, Emma Frost that everyone keeps posting, where they're like, yeah. "Oh my god, it's so good!" And I'm like, "She looks twelve, and and Why? not and not like like a woman, kind of like a weird gnome." Yeah. With a I guess giant I guess head. gnomes could be women too. That's 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 really bad of me. But I think you meant not like a human woman. Oh. No, I meant like yeah, a non-human woman. Like yeah, a, exactly. Like a and halfling. Yes, she, she does. She looks like a hobbit. Any case, yeah. anyone's so, wondering out there, encephalitis is um, viral swelling of the brain. Of the brain. So. Oh, okay. I was wondering. So thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just glad I can right. be counted on for something. <laughs> You've got well, Google. Well played. <laughs> anyway, so Mike, if, no one if, asked you. <laughs> ooh, ouch! <laughs> so, if anybody was wondering, uh, I'm guessing which way the I we- fall on the things. I'm yeah. guessing the weird one is heavy metal, and the awesome one is Santa. But I'm not entirely sure. It's kind of hard to say, honestly, <laughs> because as with all of of Grant Morrison's work, uh, there's there's the possibility to get both of them. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. He's such a, a hit or miss writer for me because he is so freaking weird that like mm-hmm. half the time I'm I'm totally on board and I'm like this is amazing and the other half the time I'm like what are you doing to my X Men? <laughs> Step away slowly and put the pencil down. Was he responsible for the uh, Jean Grey outing Iceman thing or was that? No, else? no, no, that's way, no, that's way no, later. That's that was, that was Bendis. That was Bendis. Uh, yeah. No, he he's responsible for the Professor Xavier strangled his sister in the womb and later she came back as an evil. Uh, villain and tried to kill them all. Okay, see, I, this is this is this is what I get for not being up on American comics. I have <laughs> for not reading American comics. I have no reference for half the crap we talk about on this thing. That's okay. That's all right. You you can catch up in the next week, right? Just read everything published since uh, two thousand three. No, no, not gonna happen. <laughs> not gonna happen. You got, you got Wikipedia. You could just get on there and be like Grant Morrison, X Men, and then read and be like, oh, so. That's weird. He he made a mutant who has a sun for a brain. Hmm. Mm. Who turned out to secretly be Magneto. Oh, not. But then it was also, Magneto. But also then not. also wasn't Magneto because there was another one who had a black hole for a brain. Yeah. And then another one who had a sun for a brain again. Yeah. yeah. I can see how that can get confusing. <laughs> I kind of liked uh, all the, the X-Men, Grant Morrison's X-Men, just because he did do a couple of awesome things like, okay, not awesome, but made characters like Beak who showed you that you know being a mutant didn't just mean i you know i'm awesome and i got to shoot laser beams from my eyes or psychic powers or something yeah i'm a mutant i look like a chicken yeah well and they had characters like that before but they were always like well there were morlocks and hidden yeah yeah. like the x-men were the attractive and powerful ones and everybody else was the like it's a side character here for sympathy and for sabertooth to eat wow yeah is really freaky looking yes yeah yes he is and then eventually he had a he had a babies a babies he had many babies with uh, I think I can't remember what her name was but she Angel. was like a, not, not Angel Angel's the flying dude no she, her name was Angel oh her name was Angel right no she no was no her her code name was Pixie Angel or you're correct she it? she uh, she um uh because 
Angel, Angel the flying dude, was, was Archangel? That, it was Archangel at the time, oh, so she Christ. just took the code name Angel. Right. So anyway, they had, in a weird situation, they had babies, and they were like, they looked mostly like him, but something like her. It was anyway. kind of like a Lady in the Tramp situation. Ah. <laughs> the point. Did he that... also make up the mutant Zorn? Yes. Yes. That's, that's that, who we were talking about, we were the talking star about. in the head and the black hole for a head. And then Got it. Yeah. Weird. The point is that he's he he can do really good things and also really bad things. And I feel like um, a lot of the time, like for example, he did Final Crisis. Uh, oh, that's right. Which ended with, and I and I'm not going to lie here. I'm going to say this as it happened with Superman singing a song that um, broke Darkseid's ghost's heart and and finished him for good. Didn't that also end with Batman shooting Darkseid? No, that was in the beginning. Oh, okay. The beginning was Batman shooting with a backwards time bullet that was designed (laughs) for gods. I didn't make that up either. That's literally what happened. (laughs) That was the... the, uh, um, Did he also come up with Superboy Prime? No, that was John's, right? I think, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was just John's, but yeah, yeah, that was earlier. Yeah, and then but, he, the f- Final Crisis was the one where he was like, remember all those characters from Young Justice that Mike specifically liked? I'm going to kill all of them. Yeah. Every single one. Well, Mike, it's <laughs> not like he went out of his way to do it to you. He, it is. It is specifically is, actually. I received a handwritten letter that just said, Dear Mike, fuck you, Graham Morrison. <laughs> fuck you, Phaeton. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Grant Morrison will pick up on our podcast, and then you know he'll comment on it, and he'll say, you know what, I never did write that letter, or maybe he will confirm he wrote that letter. So I honestly, knowing Grant, Grant Morrison, Morrison, he wouldn't deny it. He'd just send me a weirder letter. That's true. <laughs> but they'd be worth like the paper that it was printed on, also some gold, possibly. Maybe some Reddit gold. <laughs> but anyway, um, don't even get me started on Reddit, please. He okay, can, I won't. he can either depending. I think. When Grant Morrison has a really good editor to rein in some of his crazy, he can be yeah. really excellent. So the thing that scares me and also may be awesome about heavy metal is that A, he has no like established canon that he needs to stick to. Yeah. And B, he's the editor. The nice thing about heavy so metal though the nice thing about heavy metal though is it's more of an anthology book, so he can right. like he can start and end stories really quickly. So he he doesn't have to worry about, oh, I need to keep this book running for the next twenty years. He can just be like, and then they all die. Right. Next story. <laughs> hmm. There's that. Yeah. So, so for those listening at home, a couple things like bits of homework just for fun. Uh, read Grant Morrison's Sea Guy. Uh, read. What is, what is Sea Guy about? Um. What is Sea Guy about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Sea Guy is a childlike sort of superhero guy who um, lives in this this world semi-utopian place um, where he plays chess with uh, death watches a cartoon show has a friend named uh, Chubby the Tuna who is a tuna fish that flies and talks. Right, yeah, as you do. Um And, yeah, so basically, like, superheroes are just bored all the time because the world is perfect, sort of. <laughs> and then uh, and then it goes crazy from there. Because that's not the crazy part. That's just the start. Oh, God. <laughs> My... Why is it I wonder that British writers are so nuts? I don't know. It's part it's... of their genius, maybe? Or, it, it I don't know, is. I mean, Alan, Alan Moore 
was I don't know if he qualifies as nuts, but he was. He's, he's, he's nuts. He he's he's nuts. He's he's absolutely both nuts. he and Grant Morrison are ma- are magicians, like not stage magicians, wizards. <laughs> Alan Moore's most of his magical power comes from his beard. Uh, uh, if you took that away from him, he would lose it all. So does that mean you can find them in the in the uh, yep in the what are they called the yellow pages under wizard? If no. you look them up. No, you I- won't because. They're not actually taking public cases. They're just here to alternatively write crazy comics and bitch about how DC treats them. Yeah. Well, DC does not, you know, really treat its art its artists well. They're not known for it. The, and yeah. that's, I think that's it's, just comic books, really. Comic comics in general is not really good to to their creators. It, they're getting somewhat better yeah. now, I think, because there's more public scrutiny on it. But in the past, they were super shit. And honestly, Especially like back Grant back Morrison, today. yeah, I mean not Grant Morrison. Sorry, um, Alan Moore. He he has a lot to be legitimately upset with oh, him he, about. He does. You mean um, like with the way f- uh, the film industry ruined the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Well, sure. Yes, but that wasn't necessarily DC. Um, <laughs> that's that was just, just somebody bought the rights to a comic book but didn't actually read the comic book. Yeah, that's just like, oh, that's a really good idea. I like this idea. I'm not going to read the books though. No, I'm just going to read a synopsis. Wow, what was that? On that. <laughs> uh, that was a cat throwing a PlayStation controller on the ground and then awesome. jumping into a bag. And now there's a cat in a bag. As they do. Anyway, so that's uh, <laughs> that's kind of the length and breadth of the, the Grant Morrison thing there. Read Sea Guy. Uh, <laughs> check out Final Crisis. Uh, well, maybe don't check. I don't know. Check out Final Crisis maybe yeah. for morbid curiosity. And then, like, when you need a refresher to be like, why does everyone love Grant Morrison? Then you read All-Star Superman and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I get it. Now, he actually is good. Sometimes. That makes more sense. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, what was his other series? The Invisibles. I think it was called The Invisibles, which was really good. Oh, that sounds right. But also strange. And also, it was a um, some kind of the comic itself and creating it and, and the act of reading it are to Grant Morrison some sort of magical spell. People think I'm <laughs> fucking making this shit up, but I'm not. So he really is like an actual mage of the writing world. He's the, both he and 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 uh, and Alan Moore are literally wizards. Like they they believe themselves to be magic, magicians and in touch with magical. Uh, See, I thought you were kidding, but I didn't realize there was actually a secret magical society of comic book creators. No, it's just them. As far as I know, it's just the two of them. But, yeah. Are you sure? Because I could totally see Bendis being like, I'm a wizard, guys, really, I promise. I feel like he would mm. say that and then be laughing. He'd be yeah. like, yeah, I'm totally a wizard. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Now, excuse me, I have to go back to writing 40 comic books at once. Right, because he's, yeah. He has to be a yeah. wizard just to be that prolific, I think. Anyway, that's... <laughs> That's that. They're wizards. Yes. End of story. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> End of topic. Uh, well, <laughs> um, I can go ahead with my piece of news then. Um, we found out uh, this week um, the role that certain characters in X-Men Apocalypse would play. So obviously, spoilers ahead if you really don't want to be spoiled for this movie. Uh, if you don't care, keep listening. Wait, um, what if I care and I don't want to be spoiled? I'm on the podcast. Too bad you signed up for this. Oh, <laughs> you can't leave now. There, right, the, all the doors are locked. All the windows are glued shut. There is an army of bees on the way. What? When did anyway. this become Clue? 
<laughs> Is there a body that we don't know about that's hiding somewhere? I am your singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> the body's gone. Whose body? Mr. Body's body. 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 All right, anyway, um, so uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse are going to be um, Psylocke, Storm, Magneto, and... Angel. Brain fart. Brain fart is the fourth horseman. The angel, angel. Thank you. <laughs> Who was the obvious one that I should have remembered? <laughs> yes, because he actually was a, one of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Um, that's actually a pretty good grouping. It's. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see who represents what. Uh, obviously, Angel is going to be death. I would assume. I'm he guessing has to be. Magneto is war. Although Psylocke could be war. Well. Okay, so wait, there's death, war, famine, and what's the last Pestilence. one? Pestilence. 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 So famine will probably be storm because of all the weather stuff. I would yeah, imagine. that makes sense. And then maybe Magneto's pestilence. Yeah, because he... That, I don't know, I, I can't see... It like it makes sense, but I don't have a logical reason for it. Oh, I can't see what Psylocke can be. Unless unless yeah. the pestilence she is is, is psychological disease of some sort i don't Which know then that could kind of work <laughs> i think magneto would be would be a war famine pestilence and death magneto psylocke would be death war yeah, but angel be... has traditionally been death i don't know maybe they'll they'll change it for the movie but uh when he was archangel the last time he was death yeah well who knows the whole wing things does kind of give it away as death <laughs> you know everyone oh, then. The angel of death having wings but then he in the comics, he, there was a comic, uh, Uncanny X-Force, where Archangel became Apocalypse, the new Apocalypse, when they there killed was, him. yeah, for a while. And then Psylocke was death. For like, whatever okay. couple of issues it was. But that means that they're both death. <laughs> <laughs> I, still don't, I still don't understand why Magneto is considered one of the four horsemen. I... I I, this is again me and my ignorance of, you know, X Men canon, and but you'd think Magneto would generally try and stop someone hell bent well, on the destruction of everything. Well, the the four horsemen are generally mutants that have been brainwashed by Apocalypse. So like Storm uh-huh. and Psylocke wouldn't be on board with that either. Really needed with Angel, um, but they're um, you know, yeah. uh, Apocalypse gets his hooks into people. And apparently chooses their clothes for them because that's why the explanation for Psylocke's outfit <laughs> in the, the articles that I've been reading. <laughs> but yeah, my my main concern for it is that characters like Psylocke, uh, mostly Psylocke, I think Angel, they've got stuff and they've invested a bit in, and Storm obviously is in later movies, uh, and Magneto's one of their more one of their bigger characters. But um, I, I worry that Psylocke is going to be just there to look good and swing a sword and eventually just get offed. Um, which would displease me, because she's actually a pretty cool character. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be I highly know. displeased. It, it doesn't really it doesn't really seem like uh, she's being all that well portrayed at the moment. Like, the, the last thing yeah. I... I don't know, they've, they've got her in, in kind of the classic Psylocke like bikini and sashes costume which I guess is good if you want to be true to the comics but it's also kind of weird to see a real lady dressed like that with swords yeah it's it, I mean it's one of those things where you're like wow that looks exactly like the comics and then two seconds later you're like hmm. that looks exactly like the comics 
I think but it's just like know. a fan service thing, but I hope I, I really hope they actually don't kill her off. They actually kind of make it so they rescue her. That'd be nice. It would it, be nice. We'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of mutants in this movie now. Uh, it is Nightcrawl kind of packed. Yeah. Cyclops in and oh. Jubilee's there. Yeah, but you know, at, this is I think I think this is gonna be Wolverine's last film. I think this is the last one. Supposedly, that, um, yeah. Actually, I don't think he's in this one. He's the last one he's doing is the last solo Wolverine film. Oh. Um, they haven't, they haven't advertised him for this one. Mm. He might do a cameo or something, but um, How so could they far, not? haven't seen him. Well, I think yeah. I think Psylocke would be a great replacement for you know Wolverine. You know, and then, you know, they could always bring in, like, those female teenage Wolverines that appear in Marvel Comics later if they, they wanted to bring um, back a Wolverine-type character. But, I mean, yeah. I think Psylocke, you know, traditionally her, she's she's kind of like Logan in that she's very serious, you know, disciplined. And she could definitely bring that kind of role of disciplined combat instructor to, you know, the X-Men. She could. It's certainly. true. Uh, it's nice because this is um, because of Days of Future Past. This um, whole timeline is now different, so we don't have to be like, "Well, she wasn't in the later films, so she probably dies." Because maybe she is in the later films now. Right. Well, yeah, and at the at the end of Days it. of Future Past, they did resurrect. You know, they did show that you know Jean Grey and Cyclops back. were alive. Yeah, everybody. Jean, alive. Cyclops, uh, Professor X. So, yeah. And also, the thing I like about this is, well, there's two things, actually. One, it takes place in the 80s, which I think is kind of a genius thing, because why yeah. the hell not make period comics? I, I feel like the 80s and X-Men go together so well, I don't know why. Uh, yeah, 80s and 90s really go with X-Men. Well, yeah. And the Especially Cold War, America under, transi- under transition, um, the yuppie shoulder craze. Pads. Shoulder pads. Shoulder you know, maybe pads. we'll get to see Wolverine in yellow spandex. It's I don't possible. think we'll ever see Wolverine in yellow spandex. I don't know. Probably there was there was that clip at the there was that clip at the end of the last uh, Wolverine film, the Wolverine, where they he was in the um, he was in the it was the orange suit. It was, well, he wasn't actually in it. He she, just pulled it out of the box. It, but it was a deleted scene. Yeah, so it never actually appeared in the movie. Uh, and then mm. in the next movie, Days of Future Past, he didn't have the outfit. Yeah. So. No, I I know, but still, you never. But know. that mostly took place back <laughs> in time too. Yeah. I don't well, know. but the, the future bits are supposed to take place after. Wolverine. Yeah, but it was also yeah, it was also a, a dystopia then, and all like you know Sentinels and everything. Yeah. So he had to wear black leather because so everyone could did. Could be a time period. Yeah, there could be a time period where he's wearing the suit. I, but I think the next Wolverine movie they're doing is Old Man Logan. So supposedly, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Oh, if they're doing Old Man Logan, that's gonna be awesome. I hope it's... they are. I hope they're doing it right too. I don't know how they can. Then the Hulk will have to be in that one. Doesn't right? Is, doesn't Old Man Hulk Logan is in involve... it? Hawkeye is in it. Uh, there's a ton. Of... It's like, and but there's like five Hulks. There's Green Hulk. There's like Red Hulk. There's like a bazillion Hulks in that movie. There's and Hulk Logan kids. Like fights yep. them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, they'll have to repopulate them with characters from X Men and Fantastic Four canon. Um, so maybe the Thing will show up. I don't know. Maybe Spider Man uh, will show up. Who knows? Well, Spider Man he... won't show up because he's he's Sony and Marvel, not Fox. Mm. But haven't hasn't there been I'm like that, Mar- that you know he that Spider Man could be making appearances in, you know, in uh, Avengers films? Yeah, but not so. Okay, let me give you the quick breakdown. Um, so Marvel Studios, who mm-hmm. makes all the good Marvel movies, mm-hmm. they own the Avengers and everything that's spun out of that. So Iron Man, Ant Man, um, uh, Captain America, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and anything that, that isn't specifically owned by anybody else. As well, pretty okay. much. Right. Fox so owns things, X-Men. 
Fox owns X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Got it. And they're trying to cross those universes over. Uh, Sony owns Spider-Man, but is currently in a deal with Marvel so that Spider-Man can appear in Civil War and later Marvel-produced Spider-Man films. Okay. Uh, so Now, and if I understand correctly from the comics point of view, in the Civil War, the X-Men stay neutral and don't pick a side, right? Yeah, they do try to. Um, there's a lot Basically. of other shit that happens, but yes. <laughs> they, For the they, most they, part, they, they're they, stuck uh, in their they house. They definitely start with that. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're under house arrest because they're not picking a side, and the gov- if they go out, the government will shoot them, or, you know, Tony Stark may try and capture them, so they're safe and they're behind, hiding behind the fortress walls. Uh, kind of. I, I, I don't remember Mostly. reading a lot of X-Men comics. Some... During Civil War, I kind of was like, fuck this, and stopped reading comics for a while. Well, there so... was... <laughs> it was really big, and, and, like, all the different series had their own things going on, so it was... The X-Men, yeah. I think, mostly stayed out of it, except that there's a bunch of X-Men who were also Avengers, and they were ended up, you know, in the main storyline as well, so... Involved. Yeah. Well, like... Did Logan end up in that? Because Logan yeah, kind of yeah, had was with the Avengers. Yeah, he was on he was on Captain America's side, if I remember correctly. And that and makes Cap a lot of sense. Pi- Cap got pissed at him because he kept wanting to kill people. There was a whole couple of issues where Cap was like, "Look, Logan, uh, the Punisher, you guys can't kill people," and they were like, "I'm pretty sure you just said we can't do the only thing we do." Yeah, that and that's what I. It, that's a movie I'd love yeah. to see. Logan I, and the Punisher teamed up. That would there was be a, a really, really hope. in the 90s that was uh, Logan and uh, Wolverine and the Punisher and Ghost Rider teaming up. Oh, my uh, God. That really what? fun. That would be awesome if they just didn't have Nick Cage was... as Ghost Rider. Yeah. Is that, if they made that a movie about that, the Ghost Rider, Punisher, Ghost Rider? and Logan, was that the – what was that comic? Wasn't that like the new Fantastic Four they with were like... She-Hulk? No. Um, it, it wasn't with She-Hulk. It was with Straight Up Hulk. Uh, they did do that once too, but this one I'm thinking of it was like this small story about like rescuing this demonically possessed kid or something like that. Oh, I can't remember okay. the plot right now. I just remember I think it was really cool. But yeah, no, they did for uh, two issues sometime in the '90s replace the Fantastic Four with Wolverine, Ghost Rider. Uh, it wasn't the Punisher though. It was Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Hulk, and um, Spider-Man. It's called Hearts of Darkness. <laughs> Hearts of Darkness. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, and it was just Ghost Rider, huh. Wolverine, Punisher. Right, but then the Fantastic Four were replaced by Ghost Rider, Wolverine, the Hulk, and Spider-Man. Yeah, for two that, was a, that was a separate yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, my own. Yeah. My actually my probably my favorite thing from Civil War, and I didn't really mind Civil War that much except for the fact that it was so Mark Miller blunt and not at all. Yes. What it could have been, but Subtle my at all. my favorite thing there, there was just, um, Punisher yeah. and. And the just the adoration that he has for Cap, like just yeah. completely, like you are the fucking man. I will do what you say, and basically just the Punisher. Punisher oh. Just he love he loves Captain America so much because he, as a soldier, met when he was in Vietnam, met one of the not Steve Rogers Captain Americas, but I don't think he knows that because he's kind of crazy and he's the Punisher, but. He just loves him so much that he's like willing to do whatever he says, and he's he's like this big dumb animal that's like, I really want to make Cap proud of me, but then I shot a bunch of guys, and Cap was really pissed, and Cap beats the hell out of him. He's so mad, he's like hitting him, <laughs> and he's like, Why aren't you fighting back? And he's like, I would never fight you, Cap. <laughs> it's just, it's it's adorable. My, my, it's a weird to say, but it's adorable. 
it, it's weirdly adorable. The moment that ruined Civil War for me was there was this tie-in comic where um, somebody was trying to, uh. some writer was trying to make the case that Iron Man was right, and so they had this reporter go on a rant at Captain America while he was in prison about how like you're out of touch because you've never been on YouTube. And, like, it was meant to be this big, and all of us was kind of looking at it like, this is stupid. See, I this read that, and I wasn't sure dumbest. that sh you were supposed to actually, like, agree with her, though. I thought it was so dumb. I don't know, because they left... I, I was like, you the know what? The way it was this drawn, it was like Cap was drawn to look shamed at the end of it, and, like, I don't know. I, I really felt like it was the writer speaking through the character. Well, I mean, they were, when, he was when, probably when, was, trying, when did but... Civil War start? When, when did the Civil War episode series start? Like, I'm just oh, curious. Oh, God. 2,000-something. Um, uh, so, Avengers. you know, 20, it's pre-9-11. 2003. You know, no, no, post, it was after. No, post-9-11. Post-9-11. Because that's why so, they I mean, did it. Very post-9-11. Okay, post-9-11. So, I mean, if you think of it, you know... That's actually... It was... it was The reason they did it was 9-11. It was very based on that whole era and the... the um, Patriot the, Act. Yeah, and all the... The stuff that's going on at that time and, I, like... Well, if, if I might put my two cents in on this and just thinking in terms of... I'm going to use the word historiography. Um, that's not a word. It is a word. His, <laughs> historiography is, the is not necessarily the study of history. It's the study of how other historians portray history. It's, it, it basically means you're reading a lot of books and then reading a lot of, uh, a lot of bibliographies and then reading those other historians huh. so you can write about how it's they the all interpreted yeah. a particular person or event. It's um, the study right. of historical yep, writing. Let's look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, the study of historical writing. Grad student, or master's degree. Um, so 100%. if you look at civil, if you look at his, his civil war from the point of view of like not necessarily looking at Marvel and how other writers portrayed Marvel, but about how the media, how what the change, the changes the media went through, especially like the rise and prominence of Fox News during that post nine eleven phase, where you know a lot of people started to and still now pay attention to Fox News. And yet that's starting to fall off with people who actually have more than three brain cells to rub, rub together. Um, you know, it's, in that world, you true. would find journalists who you would find hyper – in our world, you still find hyper conservative journalists who will go to people who were our heroes at one point or who were considered good and then say you're out of touch because of X, Y, and Z and then try to shame them. It, you know, Mike, what drew your revulsion could have actually been the artist's intent to emulate that atmosphere. And I don't think the, the that, writer was that smart. But <laughs> you, I, I may be giving the writer more credit, but I mean that is something they could have done. I can't remember who wrote that comic now. I have to look it up. Um, it, it was, was Paul uh, Jenkins, who actually is a good writer. Oh, yeah. He is. So, you know, I think, I think that might have been intentional to try and get that reaction. And the fact that, you know, in, in that time where we were, you know, people were willing to suspend their rights. And if you look at, like, what Tony Stark has traditionally stood for versus what Cap has stood for, Cap has always kind of, at least the Steve Rogers Cap, has always kind of been stuck in this idea of he wants to keep – he wants to protect the values that he understood in 1940s America, you know, where – the government wasn't always watching everything you do, where people were, where there was a separate, where, you know, people did have secrets and were allowed to kind of be private. And he kind of is rejecting this idea that in this modern age, the government is trying to look through our windows and read all of our email and, and, and try and data mine us in order to protect us. And, you know, this brings up this idea of social contracts, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. people See, suspend all rights the stuff that you're talking about was, was definitely what the writers were going for. The yeah. problem is, like, Mark Millar isn't a good enough writer to pull that off. 
you need somebody who's a smart who's a smart enough writer to actually get that kind of subtle commentary in place and what the civil war ended up being was a bunch of people uh beating their chests and going look at us we're smart writers we're doing social commentary and in reality the series was very very stupid okay. on almost all accounts so i apologize um, for trying to give more intelligence to think to our writers <laughs> that i know nothing about but okay. i get I, on an intellectual level i get the premise they were trying to go with yeah actually totally. i we approve all of the premise, the premise is awesome. great they they they, they even got it, was... it uh you, it's, that's why it was the, such the very a very end of Civil War is a one-on-one -on -one fight between um, Captain America and Iron Man, and the fight is ended because a uh, firefighter, a policeman, a paramedic, and one other person who's uh, considered a 9/11 hero—I can't remember right now—all tackle Captain America at once, and then Captain America sees these normal people going against him and realizes he's wrong to fight America or some bullshit. That doesn't make any sense at all. And then he gets shot like two issues later. It's <laughs> well, yeah, outside of it. So the, the the issue with Civil War is essentially is that they had all these great ideas for like for for doing some sort of uh, commentary on social events and government and all that, and then they basically made a summer blockbuster film, a la yeah Michael Bay, Michael Bay, yeah ah and it was it was like oh I I get what you're trying to say there but. A whole bunch of shit just happened. Some of it made sense. Some of it didn't make sense. And a lot of it just Some ended up making everybody... Some of it cloning an evil Thor. Right. Reed Richards and, and, and Tony Stark cloning Thor and making a cyborg out of him because Thor was dead at the time. And the, the cyborg Thor going cray-cray. Like... Yeah. Was that the one with the horse head? No. Beta no. Is not a clone. He's awesome. He's an alien. It was yeah. literally just a guy. He looked like Thor. Like, he... It was... There was a moment in the comic when Thor shows up on the scene and kicks the shit out of everybody with lightning, and you're like, oh, fuck, Thor's here, and he's on the side of registration. What? And then the next issue, you find out, oh, he's actually this cloned robot Thor. And, yeah. Well, it's uh, not he even that. The first nuts. time he shows up... No, he killed... The first so, thing he does is kill Goliath. He yeah, shows, he, Well, he, he shows up at the end lightning of, right this of a cast. comic, though. He was like the big moment of like, oh, yeah. shit, Thor's here, what? And then you go to the next comic, and he immediately goes crazy and blows a lightning hole through Goliath, who is uh, Ant-Man. Um, no, the opposite of Ant-Man, Giant-Man. Um, yeah. Part three. But it wasn't... It wasn't it, yeah, it was a, a legacy hero. It wasn't like Hank Pym or uh, Scott it was Lang. It Bill was, Foster. Uh, it was actually an African-American hero, which led to a lot of, oh, great, kill the black guy. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it was Bill Foster. But anyway, so... That's right. Yeah. Civil War wasn't as good as it should have been. Could have been. No. Okay. Thanks, lots Mark Miller. Problems. Lots and lots of problems. And I don't remember why Go we're talking about Civil War now. <laughs> Uh, because we ended up from a somehow from <laughs> X Men Apocalypse to here, uh, yeah. So oh, because you were talking about who owns what rights to which characters, and that's right. And then I mentioned Civil War, and then yes. Right. Anyway, right. So wow. Spider Man will not be showing up in X Men Apocalypse, and your four horsemen are Psylocke, Storm, Magneto, and Angel, and we don't know which which horsemen of the apocalypse they represent yet, and we have theories, but none of them are any good. David, go on your topic. <laughs> okay, so my main topic is definitely a little pulpy, but it's about how Disney freaked out over Amy Schumer's supposedly racy Star Wars photo shoot for, that she did to help promote her film uh, Trainwreck. Honestly, yeah. I looked at the photos. I find them all rather comical, and the fact they're, that she's a Star Wars fan is pretty freaking awesome. They're, they're comical photos, but at the same time, I cannot believe that GQ didn't, 
even bother to reach out to ask Lucasfilm before they put crazy. like crazy. Yeah, a, a girl. Yeah, a, t- a topless like, girl with and, like, you know, her in, hair covering her nipples with R two D two and R two and, 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 and like and like uh, Chewbacca in a gay bar getting hit on by somebody and like um, Schumer, Schumer going down on a lightsaber. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, I, I mean, I could see why you didn't ask permission, but at the same time, whose idea was this and who thought it would fly? Maybe it was hers. It's, I mean, it's like the article not they didn't think really anybody own anything. Like, d- didn't anybody think who owns Star Wars now? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, Disney Disney owns it, but you know, it's I, I just right. I, I'm I'm just of the opinion that you know what, I, I'm pretty sure GQ just went. You know what? It's better to ask forgiveness than to ask permission. So they're gonna except in this case it isn't because not asking permission can, can cost you a lot of fucking money. Yeah, that's true. You know, copyright infringement. But I I don't know if Disney's really willing to go to the mat and sue GQ over something like this. Well, they don't. Um, they won't have to because GQ took the photos they down. Pulled it. Uh, yeah. Disney threw up a th- yeah. Disney Disney sent them a letter. And GQ was like, "Our bad," and took them down. Yeah. Um, so I, I still just I just think Disney, you know, kind of. I understand why Disney did it, but I don't think it would have done any harm. Well, it's one of those things where you don't want. You have to, unfortunately, in the world of copyright law, you have to go to bat to protect your brand every single time. Yeah. Because if you don't, then there's legal. Like honestly, if Disney yeah, had it said, sets precedent. Oh, it's okay. Use these or not said anything. The next time I made a, if I made a Star Wars fan film and made a bunch of money off of it, I would be able to legally in court say, oh well, GQ did this and you didn't go after them, so you're not protecting your copyright yeah. copyright anymore. It's a matter of precedent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and. While the photos were not super bad, they also, it's one of those things, it's kind of like when uh, Saban took down the Power Rangers fan film that everyone was freaking out about. Their, their thought that you process loved wasn't so much. Like this, yeah, yeah, I loved every minute of it so <laughs> much. Um, but their thought process was, this is the number one search result for Power Rangers on YouTube right now. We don't want kids who are fans of Dino Charge to turn on the thing and see like the Green Ranger chopping someone in half. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. I can and understand. It, yeah, I, I, and like, I get why they did it. I'm just like, yeah, they kind. Of, I think you know, just like their whole Twitter thing is like, we did not authorize this. Blah da 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 da. I'm like, overreaction much? I don't know that it's that much of an overreaction. Mm. Honestly, like just the, just coming from the perspective of like, if I made something that was explicitly like a fantasy adventure for in my big family friendly franchise, and I turned on the TV one day, or turned on open a magazine one day, and this comedian is you know filleting one of my toys i'd be like hmm i don't it, think i am okay with this and it's and it's not no, like you're it's not like you're exaggerating like literally no she's sucking she's, on a she's lightsaber. filleting a toy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah, i don't know like, other than honestly other than that picture and the one of her in bed and maybe the one in bar in the bar uh the yeah. rest of them are kind of just cute <laughs> I don't know that I saw the rest of them. The four that I saw were her in bed, her sucking in the lightsaber, the her the in the, uh, the gay bar, and I don't remember the other one. There's one but in the so cab. The, so that one's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, so there's her on the cover. She's Okay, so she's she's sucking C-3PO's finger, but, but she's wearing the Leia bikini. Yeah. It's, uh, it, of course. Right. The the one of her in the cab is amazing. It's her as prince, in the Princess Leia, like... The first movie outfit, the white one, not the bikini, with C-3PO uh-huh. and um, 
Chewbacca with a little Yoda in the front seat, or almost in the front seat of a cab, like, looking on their phone like they're lost. Ah, okay. Then there's the one that of her sucking bad. the lightsaber. The one of her in bed where she's, yeah. you know, post-coital and smoking a cigarette with C-3PO. And fondling, uh, I think she's actually <laughs> fondling R2's restraining bolt. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Maybe R2's into S&M. Maybe. Her in the yeah. in the bar <laughs> with all of them. That's the one I can see. Yeah, because there's like leather daddies there and a, a, a bear. Well, it's, it, that one I think is funny because they're yeah. They, they, there's the implication that Chewbacca's a bear, which I think is really funny. Yeah, but not something that you could really get away with. <laughs> and then there's her in like, a chorus line with stormtroopers. Yes, which and that that's one, awesome. like that one I, and the taxi one, Disney would probably have been totally okay with. It's just the other four that they're like, uh, my bad. I think the the photos may have been kind of like a take on her like geekiness or nerdiness, and then also the fact that For she's sure. known as a raunchy comic who you know yeah. who willingly said you know I can take a dick whenever I I can take a dick whenever I want. You know, it's like there's not like great, I have to work hard to find one. There's a great bit on um, uh, Thirty Rock where uh, Tina Fey makes a, a a riff on how this is kind of what they always do with female comedians in places like GQ where they just they take them in like sexy quirky photos um and it's yeah. it's it it's a weird kind of demeaning because it's like i don't know how to describe it, it makes me kind of uncomfortable cuz it's like look at this sexy photo but also she's funny so she's not a real model ha 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 like in that sense always, you're absolutely right and it is a little disturbing it's always the like if if she, if she was just some traditionally hollywood attractive movie starlet or whatever they'd put her in some skimpy outfit with you know like yeah, soft lighting and like blowing. yeah whatever some see-through outfit or whatever and be like just look how pretty she is but because she's a comedian and she doesn't look like one of those ladies they're like okay we're gonna do that still but we're gonna add the joke in because then you'll know it's funny to have a boner yeah exactly mm. that, yeah. You just that mm. yeah yeah I don't know. It's 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 just it's the GQ thing to do. Take a picture of a dude, put him in a suit or a tux. Take a picture of a lady, put her in a bikini or nothing. That's yeah, the two things they do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Come on, GQ. <laughs> Spread your wings a little bit. Yeah. Do a bikini shot for uh, Santa Claus, sexy young Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> put put Jason. Actually, that would Brought be a hilarious back. Jason Momoa shoot for Aquaman. Put him in a bikini and all of the like traditional yeah. female bikini poses for GQ. Coming out of the water would, with his I hair would be in, greatly a, in a greatly like that. Like flipping his hair back in that that arc of water. Oh my god, that would be oh, fucking hilarious. That GQ, would be if awesome. If you're listening to this, do that. Do <laughs> that Momoa, immediately. Get on that. He would totally do it too. That guy seems like he's cool as shit. Yeah, he totally would. Yeah. Well, he okay, did play. So... He played Conan and you know the most badass Dothraki dude out there. So. Yeah, it's true. it's true. So now we just got to get somehow GQ on the line and on board this. <laughs> it's all right. I have connections. They're called mm. looking up their number in a phone book. <laughs> I was going to say, wait, Mike has connections? Does this mean we can actually get make money off our website and I can finally no, get paid? No, we can't. Stop trying to make money. It's not <laughs> going to happen. The more oh. times you ask for money, the lower your eventual paycheck will be. <laughs> so while we're talking about Star Wars... Let's just quickly talk about like yes. I one of my backup topics was that Guillermo del Toro wants to make a Jabba the Hutt origin film. 
Uh, yes, I did see that. I, I, so, I read that I'm article. I'm really curious as to what the hell that story would be. <laughs> I, I kind that of, does sound kind of interesting. I feel two ways about this. One, I feel like Guillermo del Toro could make almost any movie he wants and probably make it at least interesting. And he talks about making yeah. it, you know, like a Godfather sort of saga where Jabba the Hutt goes through the, like, this this rise to power and bumping off, you know, his 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 superiors and seizes power in this huge coup which could be really cool and at the same time I read it and I think you know what we don't need an origin story for everything from Star Wars guys it's true and that's why I'm really worried about the Hans the young Han Solo film because if it like uh, if they and I, I trust uh, Miller and Lord a lot so I, I hope they do this if they just make it an adventure a young Han Solo goes on where they like have to do a heist or something like that that's great awesome perfect but if they try and be like, why does Han Solo is why is Han Solo the way he is? When did he get the Millennium Falcon? I'm like, just don't know, don't do any of that. Well, didn't the expanded just, universe already cover most of that? Well, the what they tossed is expand what they tossed from the expanded well, universe. The expanded exactly. universe is gone now. Yeah. it's it's, it's a flaming thing. wreck where once my childhood was. Um, you can read it. <laughs> so you I can dream of it, but it, it is, doesn't count. Essentially, I think there is a. Ca- doesn't they, doesn't Lando say in Empire that Han won the ship from him in a Sabacc game though? No, he just says "How is my league. ship?" He says "How is my ship?" Oh, okay. Or something, that's, all just... that's it. Okay. He calls it his. I ship, really though. liked the uh, the that was one of the EU explanations that I really liked because the the story in the EU was that um, Han and Lando had been playing Sabacc and um, Lando bet any ship in his fleet and. Um, He's, his, yeah, his mind, his junkyard Tom's gonna pick one of the, ship, the shiny ships up front, like the big, you know, classy cruise liners and things like that. And Han wanders in the back and sees this crappy old ship that Lando's been secretly modifying for years and takes that instead. <laughs> yeah, but then yeah. Lando kind of wins out in the end. He gets the Lady Luck. He does, and that's a good ship. Although it's not as pretty as the Falcon. No, nowhere near as pretty. No, well, or fast. I, I, I may yeah. actually. I, I'm going to say that you know the Falcon is actually pretty because she's ugly. You know, she's got the rust, the pits, the dings, yeah. and she does not look like, you know, she's anything special. But, you know, it's like that's that's where the beauty is. It's like something that is so obviously not aesthetically pleasing can be like the most badass ship out there. And even I remember I know this isn't canon anymore, but there's the great there's that book that came out after the Yuzong Vong War and after when Jason Solo went nuts and became a Sith Lord and all that other stuff. Um the Millennium Falcon book, where yeah, you know, great book. Han and where Han and Leia are raising their grand their granddaughter, yeah, granddaughter, granddaughter. Yeah. and it talked about how the Millennium Falcon was made and that how that particular core and that particular hyperdrive core ended up sucking up more energy than it should have, and for whatever reason it absorbed more and it kind of gave the Falcon its own identity, like actually made mm-hmm. it semi sentient, which was kind of awesome. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. I, what I liked about that book was that they uh, they worked through the Falcon's history backwards and forwards at the same time. So there are two different groups who were trying to figure out... Uh, Han was trying to learn the history of his ship, and uh, the guy who originally owned it back in the day, or like the descendant of that guy, was trying to figure out where the ship was now. And so the story was the two of them tracking down different people and then kind of meeting in the middle. And, um, you know, it definitely had a very outlaw starish type feel to it with the whole th- explanation over the XGP. I don't remember that. Um, I don't know what that is. How, you know, they... They, they in the beginning they get the ship and they don't know the origins and then slowly it, cur- it comes out that the pirates and the and the uh, military built the ship and they have this guy Gwen Khan who designed the AI that actually runs the ship Melfina and yeah. you know 
the idea is that everyone's trying to figure out who get this ship to get to the Galactic Ley Line, but no one really knows what it's about, and the crew doesn't even understand it, and as they're going through the show, they're kind of learning more and more about their ship and about the one person who can actually control it and get it through the Ley Line, which is Melfina. Oh, okay. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Anime. Nope. Which... Uh, Outlaw right, Star. Yeah, he's, talk, he's talking about Outlaw Star. The way the way he phrased the sentence made it sound like he was talking about the Millennium Falcon at first. It took me about three sentences to be like, no way no, he's I knew, talking about Outlaw Star. I knew what he was talking about. I was making I just, an I illusion. I, I just I don't know what Outlaw Star is, so... Yeah. That was all lost. Well, now it sounds like something I might watch someday. I have all three. Di- I have all. I have all three discs. I can get. I can lend it to you. Okay. All right. Uh, and speaking of Star Wars, did you guys see the uh, Star Wars GoPro video? That oh God! Made? Yes, that was. The, I, I picked <laughs> no. that as a secondary news article. That was amazing. Yeah. What? I was like, Star Wars GoPro video, and Mike's going to be on the podcast. This has to be a part of it because it, it's really funny. It's market. It, it's basically. It looks like a typical like. Um, found on the internet YouTube video at first, like somebody picks up a GoPro and checks that it's on and slides it onto their head with all the awkward noise that they always leave in. Uh, and then it turns out that he's got a lightsaber and he ends up killing a whole bunch of stormtroopers. It gets a little ridiculous near the middle because he like plucks his TIE fighter out of the air with the force and I'm like, what the fuck? Who are you, Yoda? Well, did you not play <laughs> the Force Unleashed? Right, but Starkiller is meant to be one of the most powerful Jedi ever. Mm. Like, the fact that he can pull down a Star Destroyer is insane. The fact that he can stop a, a TIE Fighter is insane. Like, Vader You can shouldn't do that. be able to do that. Yes, but Vader, again, one Vader's of the most also... powerful Jedi ever. Yeah. <laughs> Vader is the chosen one. <laughs> the chosen so this one. guy's, this guy's really strong. It's cool. It's just a fan <laughs> film. It's all right. Don't freak out. Don't uh, go fanboy on us. I, I was I, I was amused too because he gets, at one point he blocks an ATAT blaster shot with his lightsaber, and I'm like, you can block wow, that. I believe hardcore. you can block that, but you should be able to be th- you should be thrown like a good twenty or thirty feet from the force of blocking that. Yeah, I, I was gonna say when he blocks that and doesn't go flying, I'm like, wait a minute, the physics don't add up. <laughs> Yeah, but I imagine he didn't have it's like a rope rig and harness strapped to his chest that could actually simulate him getting thrown backwards by the Probably force of not. blocking that shot. And he really should have. So do better next time, fan film guy. Well done, GoPro <laughs> guy. <laughs> you ruined everything with your really great video <laughs> that everyone loves. And here we are, just picking it apart because we did not think of to do that. We, did, Mike, you didn't think to do this first and bring us all in. I know. It. Well, actually, a couple of my friends did do it first, but um, they did a straight-up lightsaber fight with Darth Vader. Uh, it's very good. Oh. You need, yeah. you, you need to bring this to our attention so we can watch it. I, I'm sure I will. Sounds good. It's called Vader Strikes Back. You can find that on YouTube. It's by um, Eric Jacobus and Alan Block, uh, who have both been guests of the Ace of Geeks podcast before, and it's very good. There you go. I, I will definitely have it to It all ties that. back yeah. in. I'm going to go watch this Jedi yes. GoPro thing when we're done here. Are we done here? We should be done here. I'm pretty sure we're done here. Except, yeah, like, done. did did <laughs> anybody else uh, did anybody else do their homework for last week and get crazy uh, fucking deep dream? No, I did not. Images. I, I did not. I I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. But um, I, I, I do have. I, one I did thing. mine, and it was horrifying. <laughs> I do have one thing though. I'd like to just have a quick moment of silence for the passing of Satoru I- I- Iwata. You know, I, the yes, Nintendo uh, president. Uh, I think. I mean, the guy was the guy. Really, was you know influential on our lives for fifteen years. I mean, I was fifteen when that when he became president, and yeah, you know, and he was at, young too. Yeah, and I mean, looking at what Nintendo super was young, he was like fifty-five. Like yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate for him to die young. I mean, I think he had a lot of good things for Nintendo left, and 
even though Nintendo had kind of like lost its place as a ma- as like a major competitor to Xbox and PlayStation for serious gamers, it held the niche market. Oh, that's a fight we're gonna have later. But you're doing a tribute right now, so I won't fight you on the fact that you just called Nintendo gamers not serious gamers. <laughs> I mean, hardcore competitive. I mean, with the exception of Smash Brothers, I will. I give Smash Brothers its due. I love Nintendo. I mean, I grew up on Nintendo, and I still have my 8-bit, and I love it to death, and I love a lot of the stuff they've come out with the Wii U, and I played Pokemon and all that really great stuff. There's a lot of great games in the Wii U. Yeah. I I always take issue with the fact that people dismiss Nintendo because their games are for all ages, and I think that's kind of stupid. But anyway, yes, Satoru Iwata was a really, really great man, a really great president of Nintendo, and he he shepherded in some of the the greater golden ages of the company, and it's it's really... Did you guys hear the story about how... um, did either of you ever play uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver? I think it's Gold and Silver. The story is about. I played it, but I didn't know. The, I don't know the story. Um, so he, uh, the story. there's two different regions of the game. There's the uh, the Johto region and the Kanto region, something like that. Um, and then there's Hoenn uh, too. Okay, so yeah, Johto, Kanto, um, Hoenn, and there's a few more. They've added a few more over time. Okay, um, so the originally programmers came to Iwata and said, "Hey, we've tried to uh, uh, figure out. You know, we, we we've done all the programming in the Johto region." And it takes up literally 100% of the space on the Game Boy cartridge. We're not sure what we're going to do. We're supposed to have three or four more regions in the game. So Iwata went back and figured out a way to compress an entire region so that it could fit two or three more on the cartridge. Nice. <laughs> like, dude was a boss programmer. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think those are the kind of things that you know, make Nintendo a special company. Yeah. And, you know, especially Iwata-san, a very, spe- a very special president, because he didn't just say, go figure it out. He actually was like, okay, give it to me. And he well, went he and was, programmed it out. Yeah, you know? he wasn't like a... Uh, um, An American CEO. He, he wasn't just a... He wasn't a CEO, is the thing. He was yeah. a programmer. He, was a, he got into the business to make games, and then he just happened to do really well in the company, and they, you know, kept him on. He was the first non... Um, who were the founders? Uh... Oh, I've forgotten the names. Oh, my brain stopped. Anyway, he was the first person who wasn't a member of the founding family to be a president of of the yeah, entire yeah. company, you know? So, like, this is a huge achievement and an awesome dude, and it's sad that he's gone. Yeah. And and he will be sorely missed. You know, and he's, sure. he's a great example for, you know, the fact that you can come from the engineering side and, you know, lead a company and definitely take it in a direction that will make it better. And, I mean... I just think, do well, yeah, yeah. I think just the coolest thing, one of the coolest thing he ever did was that was that Ant, was the uh, puppet video they did with the Muppets um, <laughs> yeah. for E3 I, this I year. I love that. I, I love. So I, I always look forward to Nintendo's press conferences because you know they're always going to be ent- funny and entertaining. They weren't just going to be talking heads, you know, showing you new stuff yeah. and feature dumping. The on uh, you. the announcement of Me Fighters and Smash Brothers that was him versus um, uh, Reggie yeah was him and Reggie that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So thank you very much, uh, Iwata-san. San, wow, I just butchered that in my American tongue. Um, and uh, w- thank you very much for all your contributions to our lives, and you will be sorely missed. And thank you, everyone, who's been listening to this podcast today. Sorry to leave you on a bit more of a somber note, but it's important to celebrate the lives of people who, who for sure. really, yeah. To define so our it, lives. Yeah. It's somber, but also a celebration. Yes, exactly. Indeed. All right, well, thank you for listening, folks. And um, Mark, where can they find us if they want to find us? Oh, wait, one more thing. I want to say thanks to my friend Tom for doing the uh, Google Deep Dream uh, picture of me that scared the shit out of me. Thanks, guy. 
we can be found on Facebook at the Ace of Geeks, or is it the Ace of Geeks podcast? Nope, the Ace of Geeks. The Ace of Geeks. Uh, Twitter, Instagram at Ace of Geeks. The blog is now aceofgeeks.net, mm-hmm. aceofgeeks.tumblr.com, and Google Plus, the Ace of Geeks. All right. Thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next week. Until next time.